Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Pew. I am your host, John Edwards, and I'm excited to bring you another bonus episode of Just a Guy in the Pew. And today, we have the great pleasure of having on a great friend of mine, Bill Donahue. You guys will recognize him. He's been on the show a couple of times talking about different things. Bill is a senior lecturer and educator at the Theology of Body Institute, and I've asked him to come on here today to talk about something that we're dealing with in the culture right now, and that is this gender confusion, gender identity politics, uh, and transgenderism. So Bill is a spiritual ninja, a spiritual Jedi in a lot of ways, and he's one of the most trusted voices on these things that I know in my life. So um, I know a lot of you have, have raised questions and sent in emails and are dealing with this in your own life with things that your kids are hearing at school or on the news. And so I, I felt that this was a timely topic, and I really wanted to bring Bill on to help us kind of work through this and to get some answers about what the TOB says about this and what our faith does. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to bring on my very good friend, Bill Donahue. Bill, it's great to see you. John, it is great to see you. Uh, always a blessing, and I feel very blessed that I am now a spiritual Jedi. Yeah, that's right. I will take that. <laughs> I will take that to prayer. I was hoping you would come on the screen with like a hood and a lightsaber, but you oh, know, maybe, man, maybe... I should have. Well, we could Photoshop that in, brother. That would be That's cool. right. That's right. Well, Bill, I'm glad to have you, man. You and I have talked about some of these topics that we're going to talk about today offline. And yeah. uh, yeah. man, we look around the world today and some days you, I'm not a paper reader anymore. We just don't get them to the house. But of course, you know, I'm on Facebook and everything else and see these things come up and, you know, occasionally the news will be on when I turn on the TV. And gosh, Bill, it is hard uh, not to yeah. get depressed and get confused and down about all these things that we're seeing in the world and especially this whole idea of, of transgenderism and this gender identity politics and all of these things that we see you know going on that are backed by uh, by the government and, and governments around the world and just mm -hmm. people that we see everywhere are now um, treating this if this is normal behavior and this is yeah. something that is right and just <clears throat> and so I wanted to have you on today just to talk about a little bit of this and and, you know, where you see the world going with all this and what you think some of the answers are to this issue that we now see, uh, which is becoming a big issue for the church, but for us in our individual lives as well. Yeah, John, thank you. And thank you for wanting to address it. It is massive. And I think your viewers, your listeners are probably in that same place, too, of just feeling a bit overwhelmed by this sort of ideological tsunami that's bombarding yeah. them, flooding them and as a Catholic, how do I articulate what I believe? I, where do I even begin? Yeah. You know, case in point, just yesterday, last night, Rebecca and I were watching um, an interview of Caitlyn Jenner with Sean Hannity sure. about uh, the the run for governor of California. And we're sitting on our couch looking at a biological male, um, an Olympiad, you know, formerly known as Bruce Jenner who was on the cover of Wheaties. And, you know, when I was a kid, he was uh, a pillar of masculinity and strength. And now he's 72 years old, I believe, wearing lipstick, fingernail polish, and long brown hair. Yeah. Having a discussion about running for governor of California. So we're in a, a, in a place right now, culturally, where we're seeing things and we're, it, it, it's a very strange time because there's these incongruent, like, wait, that's a, that's Bruce Jenner, but now Caitlyn, but what, and he's a grandfather, but now he wants to be a she. There's so many things that, uh, you know, and I want to approach this with sensitivity, compassion, and respect, sure. right? Like, which our yeah, catechism charity. teaches us. Everybody yeah. who's in a place of gender dysphoria, same-sex attraction, deep-seated, you know, identity crises, 
we're trying to figure it all out. Like we, we love them. We walk with them. I mean, if, if I could start with a positive here in all of this sure. stuff, people are seeking the I think John Paul II would be all over that. You know, his theology of the body is all about who am I? In a poem he wrote uh, as a seminarian, and this was probably back in the, um, what would it be, the 19, late 30s or 40s, in a poem he wrote, I'm on a pilgrimage towards my identity. This is the future John Paul II. So this is good. We're all supposed to seek our identity. The problem, I think, with uh, gender, uh, transgenderism and a lot of the gender ideologies are the seeking for my identity is unhinged from my biological reality. Like, it's, mm. it's, this, it's what I think I am, I am. And so we're called to celebrate all these divergent identities. The list goes on and on. LGBTQIA, BDSM. The letters literally go on to some say over a hundred different gender variations. Mm. So, I mean, imagine being a teenager or a middle schooler today and curriculums are being laid out in public school systems from kindergarten on introducing the idea of a multiplicity of genders, that there are more than just male and female. So yeah. let's let's just like slow down and take a deep breath here because whoo, it's a <laughs> lot. I, yeah. I said tsunami because it is a tsunami. And I think St. John Paul II, if we were alive today, he would uh, himself have to take a deep breath for a moment. You know, he would have to say, whoa, 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 whoa what's happening? You know, um, what would you say? What the? In Polish, what would that sound like? <laughs> I don't know. But I think he would be, yeah. I think we've addressed these questions. I'm, I'm, I'm laughing because um, I'm not trying to be snarky here, but sure, I think anybody would admit, like, it's really confusing. It's really confusing. But my, my, the point here, we've unhinged, if, if our identity, if your identity, John, my identity as unhinged from my physical self, where is it? What is it? Right. And, and who's to say I'm right or wrong? If, if my subjective identity is taken out of objective reality, I'm a ghost haunting the world. I, and so the theology mm. of the body, St. John Paul II's teaching, is ever more relevant today than when it was delivered, you know, 40-some years ago. It's the great homecoming. The theology of the body is the coming home to the body that you are a body, you don't have a body, but you are a body, you are an embodied person. And the only way you come into the world embodied as who you are is through the union of the male and the female. Mm. There's no other way. Everybody out there, Caitlyn Jenner, a bazillion other people who are struggling with their identity, the only way they came to even ask the question about who am I came because two came together, man and woman. Yeah. There's there's no other way. And I so in the time we've got here, John, I want to just I want to go back to Genesis because the gender that we are and have came from Genesis. Right? It's not unhinged from our sexuality. Here's the problem. Today we talk about gender and sexuality. As if they're two separate things. St. John Paul sure. II, if you go in theology of the body and you google gender, the word search for the word gender in the catechesis, it doesn't come up once. But if you Google sexuality, it's like over, it's hundreds of times. Sure. In the last couple of decades, what, what the modern ideological um, uh, people have done here is they've, and it's, it's a sad reality because it's taken things apart. They've, they've sundered sexuality from gender. Gender is what I construct up here. Sex, sexuality, is what I'm born with down here, my mm -hmm. genitalia. 
And I, with this new ideology, I can disagree with, I can reject the sex assigned to me at birth. That's what the phrase is. I, I don't identify with the sex ident uh, that I came in at birth. Do you see how underneath this all is a rebellion at the most yeah. fundamental level? Like what? There's a rebellion going on here, and that's not good. I I want to speak, and with John Paul too here, truth and mercy and compassion into this, and say, wait, maybe maybe we shouldn't be trying to change our literal physiological makeup with hormone injections and all sorts of stuff and surgeries. Maybe we should do the deeper dive into why am I so angry? Yeah. Why am I wounded? Why am I upset? Why am I not identifying with this sex gifted to me at birth? Why am I doing that? So we have to speak compassionate to that. Um, the, it's a deeper dive than just changing my physical external appearance. Every single somatic cell in your body, John, and my body, and there are trillions of somatic cells, has the marker of the XY or the XX, the male or the female. There can be slight abnormalities, but if the Y chromosome is present, it's male. If it's a double X, it's female. Now that that's the foundation, and then the Lord breathes his spirit into our flesh, and our life journey is to try to understand what masculinity and femininity look like. But to say I can rip it out and replace it with something else, or not anything, and claim I'm non-binary, yeah. I don't know if you'll ever come home. Right? Yeah. And we want people to come home. Amen. Amen. And that's, you know, you bring up a good point, because I think... We don't do we don't look often enough at what is the cause of this. Like why is someone longing for this change? Like to the point where they will mutilate their body. I mean, yes. literally physically do harm to themselves in order to be something different. And, and you know, you brought it up, you said wounds. I mean, is that where you think that this comes from? Is that uh, that there's some sort of deep wound there or something that hasn't been met, a need or something that hasn't been yes. met somewhere Absolutely. in their life? Absolutely. But the sad thing is, without the blueprints of what the human life looks like, we add wound upon wound. You just made mm. the point, John, people are mutilating perfectly healthy reproductive systems, perfectly healthy bodies, um, mastectomies and all sorts of stuff. Uh, and it's an absolute travesty. Kids are being given puberty blockers, nine, yeah. 10 year olds, literally their healthy body which is blossoming and growing into femininity or masculinity, right? Maleness, femaleness is being halted because this trumps all what I mm. think I am or what I feel I am. But like John Paul's vision is the whole person, right? The, the spiritual, emotional, physical makeup that is you, like this beautiful combination of things, this wonderful dance that's supposed to be there uh, is now being thwarted. So yeah, we got to go the deeper dive into what the wound is. And I think, you know, it, it, there's there's all kinds of complications here, right? Family of origin, the mother wound, the father wound. You know, were they present? Were they not? In those in those important years of when, like, we understand our gender identity, which we see modeled by mother and by father. Ages roughly like the ages of two or three up to six, is when we start to understand it. You know, I have a five year old mm -hmm. right now, um, yeah. and he's in that place, and he's starting to understand what it means to be a boy. And I'm starting to see it. Um, <laughs> he's got, it's almost as if already the testosterone is flowing. I mean, he is, he's got fire. He's got passion. Well, you've had him he, in superhero garb since he was like well, two. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm really, I'm merely, um, I'm merely dressing what's already present. Like he's, there you go. <laughs> anyway, the, those times of those years of gender identity, 
you need mother and father there who are also integrated yeah. and understand it. And, you know, are there stereotypes? Absolutely. Can they get ballooned into like a caricature of, you know, girls only wear pink and take ballet. Boys only wear blue and play with Tonka trucks. Yeah. And that's it. Don't stray out of lines. Like it, that's actually a problem and that can be a wound. We're not mm. saying that we never like th- that's not part of like authentic Catholic anthropology. Um, can a boy love theater and Broadway musicals and poetry and music? Absolutely. Yeah. Can a girl be, um, you know, climbing trees and be a leader and be kind of aggressive in her own way? Yeah, but it comes through their masculine and feminine identity. It's not like, well, maybe I'm trans or maybe I'm gay. No, maybe you're just a human being who's unique and unrepeatable. Yeah. <laughs> and you just like what you like. And I think that one of the disservices that causes the wounds, because you're, you're thought about the wound here, sure. is we're, uh, the irony is that we keep shoving the stereotypes in their face and yeah. say, uh, so therefore, you know, if, if you, know, you don't like sports that much, boys, well, maybe you might be gay. Maybe you just don't like sports or you're just right. not into it. So yeah. it, it's just an ironic time where we're saying we've got to smash all these you know, social constructs and stereotypes while constantly pushing them in a way. Right. And it's, you know, what I see a lot too, is it's like this constant need to conform to make everyone happy, right? Like we don't want anybody to be left out. You see the participation trophies and this culture that we grow up in now. And it's like, we don't, there's not a lot of people that take stands and say, this is right. And this is wrong, you know, Mm -hmm. and this needs to be addressed in that way. And, you know, I know a lot of Catholics that when you bring up stuff like this or homosexuality or other things that we deal with in the sexual realm, that they kind of go squirrel, you know, and then they run away, right? Like, it's just, they go, I don't know, you ask me what? Uh, look over there, and then they're gone. Right. And, and like, we can't do that in our faith anymore because this stuff is coming to our front door. It's no longer right. something that's happening somewhere else in the world. I mean, there's chances are, the chances are here pretty soon that if you have young girls, that there may be a boy who identifies as a girl in a locker room and a sports mm-hmm. locker room changing with them or vice yeah. versa. Exactly. There's a lot of things like this. If your kids go to public schools, there's a chance that they're being forced to learn this sort of curriculum and that this is okay. You know, sort of yeah. like we see with the, the push of um, everything's racist now in the country, you yes. know, and it's being yes. taught that as well. So, yeah. Bill, what do, we, what do we do there? Like, how do we, as Catholics... Mm. Normal everyday Catholics that haven't had years and years and years of theology of the body uh, study that you have, um, mm-hmm. how do we deal with this? Is just normal everyday Catholics that yeah. this is now coming into our kitchen to our kitchen tables and to our front doors? How do we deal with it? You know, uh, great question. I, there's been uh, people talk about this for decades now. There's been a loss of the sense of sin in our culture, right? Of mm. moral evil and moral wrong. But yeah. we still hold on to it. So what is a sin today? It's a sin to offend anybody. The greatest sin is yeah. to be intolerant or to offend somebody. This is very problematic because it does away with something Scripture talks about all the time, uh, fraternal correction, right? It's a spiritual work of mercy to instruct the ignorant. Like I, if, I'm, if I'm off the rails, if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm, my thinking's off, please help me. Right, sure. that's scripture. Like fraternal correction, admonish the sinner is is also a spiritual work of mercy. Admonish the yeah. sinner, instruct the ignorant. Um, I need I need you to help me understand me, but our present culture is saying no. You do you, yeah, and you celebrate you, and you speak your truth. That is so isolating, and that's the antithesis of the gospel. That's the antithesis of being human. 
we're not supposed to be isolated. It is not good that man should be alone. Mm. Genesis, first book of the Bible. It's yeah. not good to be alone. It's not good to be stuck in this little letter, LGBTQIA, non-binary, you do you. And you stay over there in your little bubble, and I don't want to offend you, and I'm going to be in my little bubble, and you don't offend me. You celebrate me or else. That's okay. Right. And then we're all just kind of floating around in our own little bubbles, and we're not doing what God called us to do. Get out of our own heads and enter this dance and become one with another. And, and by here's what John Paul says about maleness and femaleness. He says, masculinity and femininity complete and explain each other. We understand ourselves in the, in the great dance mm -hmm. of communion. But if we say those are all social constructs and we just kind of tear them out of the picture altogether, that means we won't understand ourselves. We're not going to understand ourselves because we've ripped up the blueprints. So I think we got to get back to, uh, <laughs> you know, offending each other in a good way, <laughs> like, right. like correcting each other. Right, admonishing each other. Please, I need that. I don't. Yeah. I, I don't want you to celebrate me if I'm if I'm off in my thinking, or if I'm living a life that's going to lead to disintegration, unhappiness, isolation. And this is this is the bill of goods that's being sold to young people now, who have a feeling, in these years, these teenage years, where by the way, there's all kinds of stuff going on with puberty, and all mm -hmm. sorts of feelings are coming up, and attractions and distractions, and you know, uh, most people who experience, most teenagers who experience like a same-sex attraction or this dysphoria, I think it's 85 or something percent. If you let them like work it out, they land in who they are as men sure. or women by early 20s. It's it is a roller coaster ride of trying to find out how we get integrated. But now it's like I don't want to offend, so you could be this. So so you go and experiment with one of these letters or one of these letters and maybe you'll find yourself and yeah he will give you some puberty blockers or we'll give you this uh, sex reassignment surgery and maybe that will help you find yourself there are now mm. people coming out in their early and late 20s who are saying this wrecked me why yeah. didn't you tell me why didn't you let me know the statistics that i would have landed but now you let me experiment with my body and now I'm sterile for the rest of my life. And there's a high set. suicide. There's a yes, high suicide, suicide rate. Post-sex you know? reassignment surgeries, the statistics are the same, if not higher, for those who've, who've pondered it because they've been in dysphoria. So, you know, we have to bring them back to the euphoria, not the dysphoria, the euphoria of God's amazing plan for sexuality. And the theology of the body is the antidote for that. John, I don't want to come off, um, again, if somebody's listening right now and they're just... They're feeling the ache and the pain of like my my son, my daughter, my myself, yeah. my family member. Um, like feel the pain, but walk with them. Okay, walk with them. Learn about the teaching of the church regarding human sexuality. Yeah. Learn about theology of the body and say, look, I'm walking with you and I feel this pain and I, I want you to find yourself too. And I'm looking for myself. Let's go to the blueprints. Let's go back to Genesis. Let's look at sacred scripture and, and also you know, human reason and insight and our biology, all of it speaks. It's all interwoven, right? Mm -hmm. Faith, reason, the heart, John Paul II said, all these things move together. We don't have to rip them apart. Our culture is still, we should know this by now, sure. but we keep shredding the blueprints, tearing them apart and trying to reinvent ourselves. And that's the travesty. Yeah. Well, do you think, I mean, a, a lot of it too is that people are not finding their worth in the right place. You know, mm -hmm. that we're looking everywhere else for my worth and 
for you yeah. to tell me who I should be and what I shouldn't be. And a lot of times we've talked about wounds a lot. You know, if we yeah. haven't received what we should have received from our parents or we're treated in a way that you talk about, like you're a boy, you should be doing boy stuff and not, you know, watching mm. Disney movies or whatever, you know, whatever it is, you know, yeah. when you're treated like that, then you're finding your worth as, as what someone has described you as, or somebody has made you feel instead yeah. of as a beloved son or daughter of God. And oh, yeah. when we lose that, then we start to look for everything else as an answer. And I think that's how we get, a lot of people get off in these different things, no matter what it is, whether it's an addiction or any of the stuff that we're talking yeah. about, is when we lose where our central identity and worth come from. John, that's an awesome insight, brother. That, yeah, we, we, we are made for communion. And so when we have lost the blueprints and lost our way or or our upbringing was somehow something was forced even an objectively true thing you know (laughs) how many kids raised in good religious homes but it's been shoved down their throat so yeah they they run to find someone to listen to them someone to hear them and look at them and and they they seek communion in other ways this is happening all the time i mean there, how many 20-somethings last year jumped into these Antifa riots and lootings yeah. and burnings and, you know, and yelling and fighting? And it's like, what are you – do you know who you are? Why are you, they're, they're longing to be part of something. Amen. And all That's of that fire, all that fire, sadly, rather than purify them and help them find themselves, turned into literal fire that broke yeah. things apart and destroyed things. Amen. So, yeah, I, I, I think um, we got to – start and we've talked about this john through our sure. work with men's ministry right that yeah every single day everybody has to wake up and and meet the lord in their heart and in their very bodies as beloved sons beloved daughters drink that in i am loved i am loved not because of what i do or how i think or what i feel or whatever but i exist and i'm his beloved son i'm his beloved daughter and you and me we're husbands and, and fathers right we mm-hmm. we gotta like be viaducts of the heavenly father's word you are my beloved and we got to say that to our kids and you know i stumble and fall every day i you know the bible Me says too. just man falls seven times a day you know i could i could triple that probably but <laughs> <laughs> like i'm supposed to be the channel that that brings the unconditional love so that my sons and daughters and you know i have two of each right the boys yep. are the bookends and the girls are the roses in the middle of that little so i have to gush on my kids I love you. I love you. You're loved. You're loved. You're loved. Mm-hmm. Who you are right now in this place, um, even when you're having a fit or you're screaming or you're whatever, you're loved. And if you're marinating in that kind of love, you're my beloved son, you're my beloved daughter for 18 years. I mean, generally speaking, you know, <laughs> morbidity and other wounds aside, you're going to be confident, comfortable in your sexuality. You know, if your parents aren't puritanical about sexuality and, and can talk about sex and sure. talk, talk about masculine and femininity and sexual attraction and passion in a healthy way without like fear or knee-jerk reactions your chances are pretty high you're going to come out as an integrated person comfortable in your yeah. sexuality so there's a yeah. lot of moving parts here right john there's like a lot of moving parts here the onus is on us as parents i think in many ways to be integrated before the lord ourselves and i would say like study this beautiful theology of the body to be able to transmit it not even just mostly words but by our very actions and our presence so that our kids can understand this is what it looks like yeah and you know i think that's often a problem with any sort of situation we have 
um, that attacks the faith is a lot of times we have um, parents and, and, you know, I've done it, I've said it myself before I had a reversion in my life. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we pay for Catholic school and we expect them to come out these just, you know, easy bake oven, awesome Catholics, you know, and, and you're looking at it going, I paid yeah. all this money. Why are they not, you know, like chanting and, you know, Gregorian chant and all that. And we, we can, a lot of times we abdicate our role as the leaders of the family by teaching this, you know, it, yeah. it, you can model this, the, 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 the Holy Trinity by modeling that in your relationship with your spouse, right. Mm-hmm. And, and having mm-hmm. the way you live your marriage, uh, because that's one thing that, you know, we haven't mentioned here, but the, the earthly family is, is a image of the Holy family of the, of the Holy Trinity. That's and, right. You know, God loved his son so much that there became another and man loves woman so much there becomes another. And so, you know, I just want to say to the people that are out here listening, that the greatest example we can give is is the way that we're living our lives, as Bill just so eloquently said a second ago. And, you know, I think a lot of times I have these, like I said in the beginning, there's a lot of emails and a lot of texts that come in, and mm-hmm. I'm angry at President Biden, or I'm, how can we have a transgender, you know, so-and-so in office here? Or, you know, how come I can't have a choice whether my kids are, you know, playing same-sex sports or not anymore? And And, yeah. you know, I think that all has to be dealt with by us well and knowing our faith. And, and Bill, I think that's one place where, again, a lot of people struggle is I'm yes. Catholic, but I don't know the actual teachings of the church myself to be able to adequately express what we believe. And so therefore, Catholics are attacked a lot and, and called hate mongers and mm-hmm. all of these things because mm-hmm. we just say it's bad and the church says it's bad, so it's bad, but we don't know how to explain this in charity to others. So like, if you don't mind for for a few minutes, would you kind of paint the picture of you're a parent dealing with this, with someone else that's either experiencing transgenderism or your children are questioning you about it. How do you go about explaining this in layman's terms and everyday terms for somebody that might be struggling this right now and how to deal with this and what the church teaches? Yeah, I mean, there's a long answer to that, John. I know. I mean, not <laughs> not, not so much. No, well, not so much yeah. the long answer as yeah, the the need to study. And I don't want anybody tuning in right now to be like intimidated, like what? What I got? I got a bachelor's degree in theology to uh, <laughs> or a master's in theology. These are unprecedented times. That's an overused expression, but they are unprecedented times. We are called as Catholics to know, right? Have a reason for the hope that is within you. Be able to speak it. Yeah. So. I just had a thought as you were asking that question. You know, the Israelites, there was a time when they were surrounded by pagan cultures, Canaanite cultures, with all bizarre sexual practices, child sacrifice, just a completely um, anti-human ideology. Uh, and the Israelites had to hold fast to what they believed and what Yahweh revealed to them. And they had to have solid families and tribes who were drawn together and they knew who they were. They knew the covenant. They knew the laws. So Catholics, I would say, like, listen, you got to, I would read your catechism prayerfully. Take it in little bite-sized pieces every day. Know the content of your faith. I would read books like, uh, you know, Christopher's TOB for Beginners is a great first step. Um, If you want to talk about the issues of the day, Bishop Paprocki from the Springfield Diocese in Illinois wrote a whole pastoral letter on dealing with transgenderism in the culture today which would be a great read for parents to understand, like, how do I articulate things? Um, I'm throwing resources out here for you, John. Sure, no, please. 
the <laughs> Humanum series. I have I have taught off of this series for um, for seven years now. The Humanum series is a short list of six episodes, only fifteen minutes apiece. Beautifully visually presented, rich content that speaks and it sinks in. You get God's plan for humanity of masculine and feminine marriage and family. And that's etchefilms.com. I can send you the link, but etchefilms.com mm-hmm. and click on Humanum. Moms and dads, if you're watching this, drink that stuff in. You know, carve out half an hour a day where as a mom and dad, you're like, okay, honey, we're just gonna we're gonna spend a little bit reading this a little bit, learning about this, getting richer and stronger in our faith. So we know it. And when you know it, you're gonna feel a sense of joy, hope, you're gonna have a clarity. And God's yeah. gonna give you a charity in that to be able to communicate it. So you're not kind of panicking and you're like, oh, uh, I don't know, um, uh, because the Bible says so, or something, <laughs> you know, like, or the Pope said so. Because but I said so. Yeah. <laughs> have a reason for the have a reason for the hope that is is, is within you. Now, uh, I, I get that you know maybe not everybody has time to do this sort of scholarly work, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about good spiritual reading, which should Amen. be a part of every Catholic's life. Amen. Right, with your morning prayer, or evening prayer, or some time of the day, carve out half an hour, even 20 minutes. Just read something from the catechism, from the documents, from Theology of the Body, from the good books. And that way you don't feel you're, you're, you're armed and prepared. Yeah. Right? It's essential that we arm and prepare ourselves. Um, otherwise, yeah, we're kind of shuffling off. And John, you made a great point there. We send our kids to Catholic schools expecting, well, you know what? It's time to stop expecting too much <laughs> yeah amen sadly sadly and, and catholic universities are almost identical to many secular universities here they're breeding grounds now for gender ideology and a yeah. lot of distortions and our kids enter and four years later come out worse than before in their faith they come out anemic if they not have already have abandoned their faith so don't you are your your child's first educator yeah. you are your child's primary educator and, and they spend time in that, that school of your family, and that's where these lessons are supposed to be lived. And I don't mean you're giving lectures every night to your children at the dinner table, but you're living it. How, how are you going to live it? Well, you have to study it and know it. Does that yeah. make sense? You know, yeah. it, And it's your intellect filled and your heart formed. These go together. And we can't shuffle it off to somebody else, but we're, we, there's an onus on us to really know our faith, especially these days. Just like the Israelites had to hold on where the Canaanite tribes, the pagans swirled around them, constantly attacking and trying to rip apart their the fabric of their social life. It's happening through the internet and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat. These are the same things that are pulling apart our identity. Got to hold fast. Amen. I mean, that's the thing. We wouldn't drop our kids off at a city park and then expect somebody else to get them home. Right. And that's, (laughs) that's kind of what we do in our spiritual life a lot. We just Mm -hmm. say, all right, somebody teach them because I'm busy working or I'm busy doing my thing. And what you're talking about is really a dual gift because one, you're learning to teach others, you know, you're becoming a gift by passing on the gift that you've learned, but you're also growing in your own spirituality, right? It's like you're, you're, you're growing in your own and you're passing that along, which is exactly what the Lord has asked us to do, right? To go and make disciples. And oftentimes we think that means go out into the neighborhood, go into another country, go somewhere yeah. else. But no, like first and foremost, we're supposed to make those disciples within our own home. And, right. you know, I, I think that it just speaks volumes for any sort of issues that we're facing in the world is starting at home, learning your faith, and then passing that on to your children. 
So, Can I speak into that, John? Yeah, please, that please. Point. Because, yeah. you know, it, it isn't it isn't like, you know, I got to get to a Bible study or I got to get, you know, I'm going to shove this pamphlet under the windshield wiper of this car <laughs> in the parking lot. And I've done my duty, my evangelistic duty. That's right. You know, like, okay, first Christians, early Christians growing up in a secular pagan culture surrounded by the Romans, right? Mm -hmm. The Ro What did the Romans say? How did the Romans get evangelized? They saw, they said, see how they love one another. Mm -hmm. Not not see how they lecture on the Christian anthropology of the human person to one another. No, no, you know, <laughs> see how they have a philo philosophical syllogism that seems to, it, that's not what they said. <laughs> see how they love one another. Yeah. So Amen. that means like, you know, and I'm just thinking right now, John, yesterday, uh, and this doesn't happen, it should happen every day, but I, I came home and um, Rebecca and I, for some reason, Moon River was in my head. Uh, the, the beautiful Henry Mancini song, you know, Moon sure. River, wider yep. than a mile. So I bring it up on the, on, the, on the stereo, and Rebecca and I start dancing in the, in the foyer. It was awesome. And then the kids are like, and then they just like magnetically like run over and grab us. And before sure. you know, oh, there's yeah. a cluster of us like, Moon River, <laughs> while I dance around. And as I'm doing that, I just felt a surge of love for my wife, and I love that song, and I don't know why it came in my head, but we started dancing, and I'm, and I'm thinking like, holy cow, I'm catechizing my children right now. Yeah. yeah without catechizing you know i'm just loving my wife and what happened instantly they were magnet magnetically drawn into it and yeah. joined in the dance and maybe they'll remember that i don't know when sure. they're 22 years old and trying to figure it out and they go back and they see the silhouette of mom and dad dancing to moon river and they're like that's why we're here we're just called to love one another see how they love one another we got if we can come back to that and get that it's just like without our even thinking so much about it or trying to like i gotta tell people this intellectual truth or this theological truth it's just gonna go and radiate just happens. out just the beauty yeah. of it and that's what i mean when i mention like the humanum series or these good books you're reading them or seeing them and you're like oh my gosh the truth has an inherent beauty human sexuality mm -hmm. maleness femaleness has an inherent beauty that speaks for itself it just sends shock waves out when you see an old couple married 60 years holding hands in a park, you're like, what is happening? What is happening to me right now? Wow, look at that. And so it, it awakens us to the truth of who we are and where, we're, where we are. And we, we need it so much today because kids, Amen. young people, they're just like, I don't know. I don't know who I am or where. Well, let's look to the icons of love around us. And that's why, you know, you and Angela, me and Rebecca... Mm -hmm. shoot i mean we're we're walking catechisms yeah and and we just have to and, and we can't you know stress it but we just love and you become a walking catechism just love amen and it really is like that's such a beautiful point because it really is in those small minute moments right like those little yeah. things we we as men we think like we got to go construct some you know coliseum of virtue or something all yeah. at once and look at what i've done you know or slap on your brave heart paint and yell damn the English and run out the front door with your broadsword, you know, which is kind of really, fun, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured you've probably done that once or twice, <laughs> but Maybe. no, uh, you know, we overlook these small moments, you know, just yeah. and, and the same thing, you know, my girls had first communion last Saturday, um, mm. today, 
they have their school mass and so they had their second communion and bill they were sitting next to me and they were so giddy and they're like so dad what like we go up here and my hands here or are they here or and they're just whispering and they're just so giddy you know i mean oh, they have their mask on but i can tell they're like got a joker-esque smile on their face <laughs> under there you know and i just yeah it, in a moment i felt myself for a minute going like Shh, we're in mass but then all of a sudden i was like you know what be happy be happy yes. you're about to go receive the Lord. Yes. Like, I love this and I will never forget this in my life. And it's those small moments where we have a choice of if we're going to be present and if we're going to lead by our example mm-hmm. instead of the other things of the world. And so you're, you're so right with with understanding that it doesn't have to be these things. Our children want our presence, not presence and all these other things. They mm-hmm. just want us to, they want to be a part of our life. They want that gaze of the father, the gaze of yeah. the mother. And then they want to mimic that which what they see. So, awesome, brother. That's, yeah, that's beautiful, Bill. Man, I, yeah. I, well, I appreciate you. I mean, you you always can enlighten a lot of myself in this. You you have such a great way of teaching these things. And you know, I would recommend anybody that if you're if you're struggling with anything in your life, whether it's your own sexual identity or you have children or or other family members, friends in your life that are dealing with just these issues of my body and everything else. Go and check out the Theology of the Body Institute. Christopher West, Bill, Jen Settle, all of these folks there do a tremendous job. Uh, Bill, I know you guys have online courses now, but you also have in-person retreats. Would you mind telling everybody about that? Because I I want people to have the opportunity to... Thanks yeah. for that. And I'm really looking forward to you and Angela coming coming down yeah. for one of those or, or coming I'm up, excited. I say, coming, coming north. Yeah. So this is what we do. We're all about, and this is 15 years now, I guess, or more. We're all about the homecoming, finding ourselves, our identity and our mission as human beings made in God's image, man and woman. And so the Institute, we offer five-day retreats, and I lo- they're Sunday to Friday, uh, yes, there's there's a workbook. There's rich intellectual pursuits and study, but I'm telling you, it, it's a retreat for body and soul. We have prayer time, meal time, um, relaxation time. People getting together, having conversations. People from around the world. Yeah, I think we've had over 80 countries come out to our in-person wow. courses, and you know, you make friends for life. People walk away like I just experienced a little taste of heaven, because mm-hmm. we're we're having daily mass, adoration, confession amazing reflections and, and uh, conversations, questions. Uh, the way we teach at the Institute, it's it's enculturation. We use cinema, poetry, literature, great art, um, personal stories as we dive into John Paul II's Theology of the Body. So we make it really applicable to your life and your walk. And um, it's just such a joy. I mean, every time, you know, what does Augustine say? He who uh, sings prays twice. He who teaches yeah learns twice i mean i'm constantly growing myself as an educator <laughs> and a leader i just i just love to teach it because i constantly grow in myself so our schedule is up at tobinstitute.org and yeah every every month or so we have an online introductory course you can access through the internet or the in-persons are opening up again too and we're starting to already sell out this summer for our courses which is so exciting so yeah. um yeah tobinstitute.org all right. Well, thank you, Bill. And folks, go check that out. It really is amazing. I've had the opportunity to walk with Bill for a number of years now. And uh, just yeah. not even going to the courses yet, but being able to walk with him and just listen to his insights on this. The Theology of the Body has impacted my life in a tremendous way um, and, and helped me focus on being a gift in my own life and fight the selfishness in my own life. So, folks, 
TOB is a gift. Bill, Christopher, the Institute is a gift. So go in uh, and check that out and spend some time there. Bill, as always, brother, I could talk to you all day long. And we've got to get <laughs> that like Christianity in the movies thing going so we can nerd out on Let's some do films. It. And so, <laughs> well, all right, all right you recorded bro. that, so we got to do it. You just I know that a, you just put that a was my evil on plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more than happy, John. Always a pleasure to talk to you, brother. All right, brother. I'll catch you later. Thank you again for joining us. All right. God bless. Thank you.